From NPR and WNYC, this is Ask Me Another, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me later in the hour are special musical guests, Paul and Storm, and our puzzle guru, Art Chung. Let's bring up our first two players. Please welcome Ursula Lawrence and Gregory Guiti. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, Ursula, you are into animal taxonomy. You love learning animals' names in Latin? Yes, I do. You can learn a lot about an animal from the Latin name. Really? Yes. <laughs> um, do you have an example? A very good example is the order Monotrema, which encompasses several species of platypuses and uh, echidnas. And monotreme means one hole because all of those animals only have one hole for important things. So. I don't know how you did it with Latin taxonomy and animals, but you made it dirty, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Gregory, you're a comic book writer. Uh, I yes. love that. And you love creating anthropomorphic superheroes? Yeah, yeah. Ever since I was a kid, I used to take little pa- you know, notepads and make flip books. I drew a lot of cats and capes. Cats and capes? Yeah. What would that be in Latin, Ursula? Oh, uh, Philidae capes. I don't know. There you go. There you go. All right. This game is called Misquoting Mark Twain. Mark Twain, of course, was the master of the quotable quote, like, I would have written a shorter letter, but I did not have the time. Except he didn't actually say that. That was a French thinker by the name of Blaise Pascal. So in this round, we're going to give you quotes that we have intentionally misattributed to Mark Twain, and we want you to name the notable person who actually said it. The winner of this round will go to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Yes. Excellent. In the short story, The Celebrated Jumping Frog of Calaveras County, Twain said that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. (laughs) Ursula. Oh, uh, Neil Armstrong? Correct. Exactly. Well done. (laughs) It was Twain's Yankee in a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court who said, is that a gun in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Gregory. Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart. Who would he be talking to in that moment? (laughs) You're in the right place, but that is not correct. Ursula, do you know the answer? I want to say Jessica Rabbit, but I don't think Jessica Rabbit. (laughs) Jessica Rabbit may have said that. She said it in the movie. (laughs) She said it in the movie. I'm sure she did. Anyone out there know the answer? May West. May West. In the adventures of Huckleberry Finn, Twain wrote, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. <laughs> Ursula. Uh, George Bush the, the first. <gasps> oh. Gregory. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> it was in his 1882 essay, Advice to Youth, that Mark Twain said, Yo, Taylor, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Gregory. Kanye West. Kanye West. I like the idea, though, that Taylor Swift would be Jonathan Swift's daughter and we put her in a Mark Twain thing. That didn't happen. On his 1895 Around the World lecture tour, Twain killed with the line, I don't want to achieve immortality through my work. I want to achieve it through not dying. He killed. Gregory. Dr. Kevorkian. Close. (laughs) 
Ursula? I don't know. Anyone out there? Woody Allen. But I like that you went for the true meaning of kill. <laughs> Making use of his signature ABCB rhyme scheme, Twain once said, I'm going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. You can't hit what your hands can't see. Ursula. Muhammad Ali. That is correct. And who could forget that famous line in The Adventures of Tom Sawyer where Aunt Polly says, I'm different. I just have a different constitution. I have a different brain. I have a different heart. I have tiger blood, man. Gregory. Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. And you won this round. Congratulations, Gregory. You will be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Huge hand for Ursula, an excellent competitor. Thank you to you both. Let's welcome to the stage, filling in for our one-man band, Jonathan Colton, his favorite musical duo, Paul and Storm. Hi, Paul. Hi, Storm. Hi, Afira. How you doing? Hi. How are you doing? Good. Do you want to play a tune for us? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. This song is off of our first album, which is called Opening Band, and it is called Nugget Man, and it is 100% factual. Robert C. Baker, way back in the 50s, changed the way children and college kids eat. When he invented a way to get breading, to adhere much better to raw chicken meat. His new method led fast food chains in the 80s to develop and market a new bite-sized snack food. Made from mechanically recovered meat and anti-foaming products. Reconstituted meat slurry and extra chicken skin for its binding properties. Oh, Nugget Man, oh, Nugget Man. Heading on down to that old promised land. Guts, feet, and beaks now don't get thrown away. Since a Nugget Man came our way. Since a nugget man came our way. Thank you. Holland Storm. Let's bring up our next two brave contestants. We have Deb Amlin and Jonathan Korbla. Jonathan, you teach chess, huh? I do. I am a chess master, and I've been teaching in New York for the last 10 years. Wow, a chess master. Yes. I'm going to call you a chess king. Does that happen a lot? Well, I'll, I'll take it. You'll take um, it? Okay. Sure, I like them all. And Deb, what is this? You write wordplay for the New York Times? I do. I write the crossword blog for the New York Times. All right, so this is, uh, yeah, is going to be a good competition here. Two thinkers. What are we playing, Art? Ophira, this game is called Agrarian Maps. I'm going to describe a map of an agricultural area, and you have to name the crop grown in that area. 
You guys ready? So fun. That is a fun <laughs> game, yeah. That sounds great. Yeah, it's, it's also a drink. With audience, when you know the crop, you just take a drink, all right? <laughs> okay, actually, agrarian maps is an anagram. It's an anagram of the words anagram pairs because each answer in the game will be a pair of words. The second word in each phrase will be an anagram of the first word. So, for example, if I said the clue, goodness gracious, what swine, the answer would be gosh hogs. G-O-S-H is an anagram of H-O-G-S. Okay? Right, easy stuff. Moving along. I'm going to give you clues, hopefully, you know, many clues to get you to the right answer. <laughs> the contestant who gets more right moves on to our Ask Me One More Final Round at the end of the show. Here we go. Mr. Presley is not dead. Jonathan. Elvis lives. Elvis lives, correct. <laughs> Fidel impersonators. Jonathan. Castro's actors. Castro actors, correct. <laughs> the more sexually explicit metal worker. Jonathan. Luder Drewer. <laughs> no, close. You're Deb. so close. Deb has Ooh. her eyes closed in fervent concentration. I'm, I'm focused. Uh, oh. Couple seconds, Deb. No, you don't have mm. it. Sorry, anyone in our studio audience have it? Luder Welder. Welder. Right. Yes. Because he drew. Yeah. An iPad or a Nexus 7 for use in wartime. Jonathan. Uh, tablet battle. Tablet battle, battle tablet, yes. <laughs> Slovenly or messy nakedness? Deb. Untidy nudity? Yes, you're on the board. I was bound to get the dirty one, right? <laughs> to speak well of ancient Iran. Jonathan. Aspire Persia? Ooh, sorry, that's incorrect. Deb. Praise Persia. Praise Persia, correct. <laughs> An immune hypersensitivity to art exhibitions. Gallery allergy. Correct, Jonathan. A new parent's misery at not having pampers at the changing table. Jonathan. It's diaper despair. Diapers despair, correct. All right, Jonathan, you are the winner of this round. Congratulations. That was a tough one. Thank you so much, Deb. Jonathan will be moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Another hand for them. That was unbelievable. As our VIP, that is very important puzzler, is the one, the only, Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> Steve has starred in so many iconic movies, including Diner, Cocoon, Three Men and a Baby, and he has a new book called The Gutenberg Bible. 
So I ask you this. As a struggling young actor, Gutenberg actually talked his way onto the Paramount Studios lot by claiming what? The answer coming up. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Another. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me on stage is our puzzle guru, Art Chung. And our special guest house musicians, Paul and Storm. Now, Art. Yes. Before the break, we noted that Steve Gutenberg went to Hollywood with nothing but a dream, but he talked his way onto the Paramount Studios lot. How did he do that? Well, Ophira, he told the guard that he was the stepson of Paramount chairman Michael Eisner, and being the worst guard ever, he let him in. So, and Steve just kept talking, and eventually he got his own office. That guy's got a lot of nerve. I like He's him. He's got a lot of guts. Probably never had a speeding ticket, ever. Well, he was in police academy, so. Exactly. <laughs> Let's bring up our next two brave contestants. We have Curtis Ray and Jen Madura. Jen, I'm fascinated that you are training to be a professional psychotherapist. Oh, I'm in I'm a training to be counseling. I'm in counseling yeah. school right now. Okay, so, so I, have some, I have a couple questions about what's going on with me right okay. now. Is that cool? <laughs> Just quickly, what is the best way to cure disappointment? Um, maybe not put yourself in that situation in the first place. Wow, wow. That sounds very logical and impossible. <laughs> but I like that sounds smart. You sound smart. Curtis, do you have any questions about your life that you would like to ask Jen? Am I supposed to be sweating so much? <laughs> Might want to ask your doctor. <laughs> that is just so like a counselor, right? He just passes it along. Yeah, okay. Paul Storm. Yes. Paul and Storm. Do you have a game for us? We do. Uh, Storm and I are huge, huge fans of American singer-songwriter Randy Newman. Yeah, you know, the guy who sang short people and did all those Pixar movie themes like, you got a friend in me. He's actually done a whole lot of movie theme songs, and Storm and I are firmly of the belief that every single movie ever made should have a Randy Newman theme song. And it's actually quite easy because they all sound pretty much like this. Here's an example. Look out, Iron Man, for them Thor hammer throws. Scarlet Johansson's wearing real tight clothes. Nobody believed that they could win. Go, Avengers, go. I like the idea of a uh, jazzy version of the Avengers. Let's do the jazzy version for this next example. <laughs> it sounds a whole lot like what you just heard. Keep walking, Frodo, to save the Shire. You're gonna have to chuck the ring in the fire. Nobody believed that he could win. Go, Lord of the Rings, the return of the king, go. What we're going to do 
is we're going to sing some Randy Newman theme songs from past and present films. And your job is to ring in once we have finished the line, nobody believes that he or they could win. And then you will fill in the blank, go, name of movie title, go. Now, you don't have to sing it. Yes, they have to sing it. They totally have to sing it. You have to sing it. That's the law. It's the Ophira law. Yeah, I love singing. And the contestant who gets more right moves on to our final round at the end of the show. Are you ready? Sure. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like Curtis is trying to earn some bonus points with the band. It's working. Go, Paul and Storm. Good players. Here we go. You think it's the real world, but it's not what it seems. When Leo DiCaprio's running round in your dreams. Nobody believed that he could win. Curtis. Go Inception, go. Correct, and I might say very boldly sung, sir. Here we go. You saved the Union and you freed all the slaves. Now treat yourself. Go and see a nice play. Nobody believed that he could win. Curtis. Go, Lincoln, go. <laughs> Correct. It's so nice the kids know their history these days. A little angelic in there. Very nice. Well, he, he was our president. <laughs> You're geekier than I thought, Curtis. I enjoy you. Absolutely. <laughs> Respect through melisma. <laughs> That's right. You had lots of money, but now you're dead. Turns out Rosebud was your sled. Nobody believed that he could win. Jen. Go, Citizen Kane, go. Correct! Also, uh, a spoiler alert. <laughs> uh. Here we go, Paul. The series now is over, so you can be sure. Vampires ain't gonna sparkle no more. Nobody believed that they could win. Jen. Go, Twilight, go. I think we need to be more specific. A little more information, oh. please. Oh, go, Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn, Parts 1 and 2, go. <laughs> I like your style. You're like, let's just put everything I've ever learned about Twilight in the answer. I think we'll give it to her. Art, Art says, yeah, yeah we're going to give it to you. Well done. Sold lots of cocaine right up to the end. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Nobody believed that he could win. Go, Serpico, go. <laughs> Curtis, so close. Go, Scarface, go. Jen. Correct. Crucifixion was a rough way to go. But Mel Gibson made a whole lot of dough. 
nobody believed that he could win. Curtis. Go, passion of the Christ. <laughs> Go. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. No, that is correct. Of course that is correct. And beautifully sung. We have a tie. Yes, very exciting. So we have to go to a tiebreaker. This is a question, but still feel free to sing your answer. Randy Newman's song, You Got a Friend in Me, was written for what Pixar film? Jen. Toy Story. That is correct. Jen, you did it. You won this round. Congratulations. You'll be moving on to her Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Curtis, thank you. So entertaining, and your singing was beautiful. Just You're beautiful. You're a pleasure. Do you have a puzzle problem? Then we want you to be a contestant on future shows. Reach us on Facebook or Twitter at NPR Ask Me Another, or you can send us an old-fashioned email at askmeanother at npr.org. And we'll send you a quiz to see if you can hold your own on our very own stage. Let's welcome our next two contestants, Jake Stoller and Eileen Roos. Welcome to you both. Hi, Eileen. Hi, Jake. Now, you both grew up playing a lot of games at home. Jake, what, did, what was your favorite game to play at home with your family? We would rent the Jeopardy! Nintendo game every week, and that's kind of how I wound up here. Really? <laughs> okay. And Eileen? Much more old school than that. Parcheesi and Trivial Pursuit. Oh, yeah. My family, even more old school. We played head games. <laughs> <laughs> this game is called One or More. There are certain English homonyms which, when spoken out loud, could either sound singular or plural. For example, the word prince could be P-R-I-N-C-E, right, as in the son of a king, or the man formerly known and now known again as prince, or prince, P-R-I-N-T-S, right, as paper copies of photographs. So we're going to give you a clue of a pair of sound-alike words, one of which is singular and the other is plural. Okay, puzzle guru Art Chung will give you hints if you need them. Buzz in when you know the words. Are you ready? Absolutely. Yes. This is either a single trip on a resort ship or multiple groups responsible for running the ship. Jake. Cruise. And the other word is? Cruise. Right. <laughs> this can be a handful of things you'd buy in a hardware store or the government surcharge you'd pay for them. Eileen. Tax. Tax is correct. This is either a single crystalline rock, like amethyst or onyx, or it's a lot of containers of milk. Jake. Quartz and quartz. Quartz and quartz is correct. Try this one. This is either one soft weather phenomenon or a tableful of soft French cheeses. Eileen. Breeze. Breeze is correct. <laughs> Isn't it romantic to say that? If I just say to you, would you like a table full full of soft French cheeses? <laughs> Sounds like I'm inviting you to Valentine's. This is either a single strong curse or a bunch of not very strong curse words. Gosh darn it. 
<laughs> Gosh darn it. They're having one hell of a time with this one. That's too strong, Paul. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm. You know, I wish I could cast a spell or something, make it better. Eileen. Hex. Hex! This is either a single flirtatious person or a collection of casual shirts that might have flirty slogans. Eileen. Tease? Tease is correct. <laughs> this is either a bunch of rough and tumble battles or a single well-turned expression you might use to describe them. They are both looking up. <laughs> Jake. Cliché. Cliché is a good idea, but um, not in this case correct, but a, a good guess. Let's see if anyone out there knows. Phrase. Phrase. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Eileen, when it sinks in. But that was a tough one. We, we can all agree. This is a bunch of drinks you might order in a bar or a black eye like you might get in a bar fight. Jake. Shiner. I know, that's such a good idea. But what is the drink, the Shiner? Mm, it's a beer. I've had it in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just check with our legal department on that. The problem is they're both singular, so that, doesn't, that breaks oh, the rules. Oh, yeah, okay. Do you have a guess, Eileen? I got nothing, I'm sorry. All right. If you're black and blue, you might have a... Bruise. <laughs> Bruise is right. Uh, it was close, but Eileen is our winner. All right, Eileen, congratulations. That was a tough one. Two smart people. And Eileen will move on to our Ask Me one more final round at the end of the show. Thank you both so much, contestants. Let's move on to our next two contestants. Please welcome Justin Ober and John Woods. We are happy to have you both. Thank you. John, quick question for you. What is your guilty pleasure music to listen to? Oh, I listen to um, the top 100 of every year on the Billboard charts. They come out with a list every year. So I, I go through the 1 to 100, I rank them, and I just go from there, really. <laughs> go from there like into life <laughs> that's incredible I, I move on to the next year yes i, start, I started from 1980 no i understand okay <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah uh and super geeky and uh you're gonna love this game justin what is your guilty pleasure folk i guess uh, folk you guess sure, i yeah. like that okay any particular folk uh good folk good folk that's an excellent answer to that art what's our next game Ophira, our next game is called Soft Rock Cafe. We're going to give you clues about familiar musicians inserted into the names of popular restaurant chains. You have to come up with the combined phrase. For example, if we said, this R&B trio that spun off from New Edition might think that girl is poison, but their Chalupa Supreme is the bomb, you would say, Taco Bell Biv DeVoe. Appreciative groans from the audience. I know, when the example gets an applause break. Yeah. If you've been a bad, bad girl, a criminal even, no matter, everyone's welcome at this neighborhood bar and grill. Justin. 
Fiona Applebee's. Fiona Applebee's. The most beautiful riblets are there, the most beautiful. A certain country trio might not agree with the political views of this fast food haven, but both parties agree that dill pickles are awesome on a chicken sandwich. Justin. Dixie Chicks Filet. Dixie Chicks Filet, correct. It's 3 a.m., and you must be lonely. And you're also probably hungry for two tacos, a junior bacon cheeseburger, and curly fries from a certain West Coast favorite. But hey, don't let the clown push you around. John. Um, match Jack in the Box 20s. 20. Yes, Jack in the Matchbox 20. Yeah. Do you remember what year they made it on the top 100? They had one number one in 99, Bent. That was scary. <laughs> we could play a whole new game with John. You've been roaming around, always looking down, and you know that you could use somebody, or at least a Whopper. John. Burger Kings of Leon. Burger Kings of Leon, correct. I'd ask you the same question, but your superpower frightens me. Before this indie giant started rocking the suburbs on his own, you'd be sure to find him and his miscounted trio hanging at this minimalist burger chain that started in the Washington, D.C. area. John? Something Five Guys. <laughs> no, wait, wait, Ben Folds Five Guys? Ben Folds Five Guys is correct, yes. Although I'm a big fan of the Something Five myself. <laughs> they sang that song, I Want Something Something Back, right? <laughs> You've been holding back the years and the butter. And though this house of crustaceans may be more popular than the 80s British band named here, if you don't know it by now, you will never, never, never know. John. Simply Red Lobster. Simply Red Lobster, yeah. So you've been driving around town with a girl I love, and I'm like, pluck you. At least that's what a certain R&B star might say if the colonel took his gal. Justin. KFC Low. That's correct. Justin, not quite enough. John's our winner. Well done, John. You're moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. This is still NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm still Ophira Eisenberg. More to come. Plus, we put Steve Gutenberg in the Ask Me Another hot seat. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm your host, Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is actor extraordinaire Steve Gutenberg. Thank you, Ophira. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you, you for being... You've been... I it mean, sounds like there's a real audience here. It's so cool. It's just you and I in the studio. Wow, this is so amazing. I know, in this bunker. Yeah. Uh, waiting for the apocalypse. No, there's a wonderful audience here. I'm so psyched. I, so, and they are psyched to see you. Welcome. <laughs> smarty pants people, too. Which You're smarty pants. I am impressed. Uh, I read your book, The Gutenberg Bible. Thank you for reading it. That is so amazing. You get interviewed by people, and they, you go, did you read the book? No. Oh. That's, I'm so, uh, thank you. They Thanks. don't even lie? 
Well, no, no, most of them don't lie. They well, say, no, I didn't. Well, but just taking the time to read it is time. Appreciate it. Well, I love the premise that you are this kid from Long Island with a dream. You go to Hollywood, and basically you talk your way yeah. uh, into, well, the Paramount Lounge. Obviously, you pose as the uh, stepson of, I mean, you could have picked anyone, but no, pick the CEO. I think that was the way to go, right? True, true. You find an empty office yeah. on the lot because yeah. you're just hanging out. No, I was, well, yeah, driving around at night and, you know, sneaking around at night and everything, and I found it, and then I'd scope it out for five, six, seven days, nobody was in it, and I said, hey, that's an empty, it was called the Lucille Ball Makeup Building, it's where a parking lot is uh, on Paramount. So you find this empty office, and you're like, well, mine. No. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you know, the whole building was mine. It was so amazing. I, I'm telling you. I, See, that's the right attitude right the there. The whole building, well, it was like five floors, empty, and, you know, kind of spooky, but really Friendly and cool, and what was really wild, this is 1976, I went into rooms that hadn't been touched for 30 years, 40 years. There were these lockers that, you know, in the 50s and the 40s, guys had names like Walleye and like uh, Frenchie and like Shorty, and you know, and they had lockers with like Shorty and Frenchie, and I was walking around one of the rooms in that building, and I found a call sheet for a Humphrey Bogart movie. A call sheet. And... You know, it was just a, a really cool, magical building. The whole thing was empty. I found an office which had a great view uh, toward the back of the lot. And um, I love that you held out for the one with the view. <laughs> I never thought of that. As you're just taking over well, so, offices. You know, you're looking around, you're like, oh, this is nice. You know, so. I love the story of you busting into a casting director. Hoyt Bowers. Uh, and trying to get his attention. Yeah. First you call and say that there's free cigarettes. Well, that is I, such a time and a place. <laughs> yeah, well, you <laughs> to know, get rid of his receptionist, correct? His receptionist, and I called because I, I was on the lot. So when she would leave the office, I'd sneak over and jump into his office and scare the hell out of him, and he'd and and and, and get two seconds with him, and he'd throw me out. But about the third or fourth time, I jumped up on his desk <laughs> and started dancing. You know, like hey, you know, I'm Steve. I'm, no, I was Steve. My real name is Steven Guttenberg. But my name in movies and television, blah, 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 is, Steven, is Steve Gutenberg. But that was from an agent. So I'm not sure which one I was at the time. <laughs> anyway, I'm this dancing maniac, and I want to make it, you know, man. I want to make it. So he said, look, just sit down. <laughs> Please get you know, off my sit desk. Sit down. I'll give you five minutes. And it was like having five minutes with God. Can you explain to me about the fact that you hold the world record for the most hot dogs made? Is that correct? I think hot dogs put in a bun. Just, you just put them in the bun. In one minute. <laughs> yeah, it's a world record. And it's a Guinness world record. It's an official. Did you business. have to dress them or it's, it's a... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Was there ketchup involved? No. I, well, okay. I bet there was. Let me think. I did it on a TV show in London. Uh, they, you know, That's how their TV shows go in London? They're like, hey. You know, you're promoting a show and they go, all right, you're going to come out here. You're going to have a world record. We're going to make sure you get the world record, by the way. Don't worry. And I'm like, uh, am I getting the freaking world record? Because I'm not, I'm not doing it. What is the number, by the way? I don't how know, many? 23 or 23 something. in one minute. Okay, I'm going to say it's pretty Some impressive. Like it. Yeah. I feel like you were someone who's up for anything. You were on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I've seen a video oy of you uh, jogging naked. Oy vey. Oy vey. Dancing with the Stars. Oy vey. God bless them. Oy. <laughs> Hey, oh, why? I'm telling you, a lot of dancing. Oy. With stars. Not like, it's not up. like it looks. Uh, it's a lot different. We don't have any hot dogs, and we're not going to make you dance, but uh, would you be up for an Ask Me Another challenge? 
answer wisely. If you're in your adult mode. <laughs> Ask me another after dark. <laughs> I'm going to take your answer as yes. I'm going to take your answer as yes. All right. One more hand for Steve Gutenberg. And let me welcome back our puzzle guru, Art Chung. And our special musical guests, Paul and Storm. Now, Steve. Yes. On the stage, we've got Art, Paul, Storm, and me. Mm -hmm. So this game is called Three Men and a Babe. <laughs> nice. The rules are simple. We're going to ask you some questions about famous babies, and you have to choose which of three men is that baby's father. You'll be playing for our member in our studio audience, Victoria Cohen. And if you get three right, she wins a prize. Your first question, Steve. Which of these three singers got in trouble for dangling his eight-month-old baby off of a balcony in a Berlin hotel? Was it Prince, Michael Jackson, or Little Richard? One of them dangled a baby. Can I do a lifeline thing? There's no lifelines. Was Prince dangling? Was it Prince that dangled I mean, well, a baby? The two of the, can one be dangling the other one? Like a daisy, that a no? a, a, a no. daisy chain of dangling? I, no. No, I know that was Michael Jackson. Of course, yes, it is. Got one. Got one. With two from the big prize. Okay. Steve, in Persian, it means red rose, and in Hebrew, princess. Claimed what father about the name of his daughter, Suri? Was it Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, or John Travolta? The Apple voice? No, that's Siri. 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 That's Siri. That's Siri? Are yeah. you sure? Uh, we Siri. have to ask Siri, but Siri I think that's on, pretty you sure. Siri on, yes. on the Apple phone. Right. Yeah, that's that's Siri. Siri. Yeah, that's yes. not anyone's no. child. No, Siri. Is that Siri? Wait, so Siri is the thing, and Suri is the person, you're t the girl, the little kid you're talking about. Yeah. Suri's a famous daughter, daughter of, of, either of somebody. Yes. Somebody, one of these three men. Travolta, Cruz, Cruz or, or who's the third? Brad Pitt. Well, Brad Pitt, he's got like seven kids, right? <laughs> he does. I got to tell you something, I give that freaking guy a lot of credit. Come on. <laughs> seven kids and her? Holy. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Every guy on the planet knows going, oh, my God. I don't care if you're a super movie's triple zillionaire, billion dollars. Can you imagine? You okay, do you have an answer, by the way? Anyway, I think it's uh, uh, Cruz. Yes. yes. Cruz. <laughs> two. Two. One to go. You're doing go great. For you're your doing life. great. Set for life. Set for life. Little, little NPR money coming to you. Yeah. We do our fun drive, and then we just gift it back. <laughs> okay, this next one is a musical question. Is it she lovely? Is it she wonderful? Is it she precious? Just that one minute old. That song was written by what pop superstar to celebrate the birth of his daughter, Aisha, who can be heard gurgling at the end of the song. Was it Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, or Marvin Gaye? Which one uh, was in the four tops? Which one was in the four tops? That, that would be none of them. None of the above is not an option Wait, here. which one? It, who is it? It's... Uh, 
You're talking about Otis Redding? No. 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 You didn't say Otis Redding. Who's the three? Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Ray Stevie? Charles, I saw the movie. Yes. Know him? Stevie Wonder. He didn't do a movie. Not yet. There's no movie on him yet. Not there yet. should be a movie on him. Or Marvin Gaye. Stevie Wonder, I guess it is, right? That's a good. Smart crowd here, man. Okay, you did it. You won the prize. Victoria Cohen, you get a copy of Steve's book, The Gutenberg Bible. That's the prize? That's a good prize. You also get a NPR Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Wait, 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 wait. Put it. And Steve Gutenberg is giving you a $20 bill. A taxi ride home, you know, a 20 And Steve, I have it. Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube for you, too. Oh, Rubik's Cube. Yeah, it's an Ask Me Another yeah. Rubik's Cube. You know, it's I have like a the... friend of mine whose son can do it blindfolded. You know, they have, really? these, con- they have these super brilliant... You guys should know this. You're the... Aren't there like, they're these, like, you know, big groups of people who can do these, like... So, well, you might become one of I them. I hope so. I hope so, too. Hope so. Steve Thank Gutenberg, everybody. And uh, right now, let me introduce Paul and Storm. Hi, Paul and Storm. Hello, Sarah. Hi, everyone. Would you like to play us a song? We would love to play you another song. In keeping with the theme, this one is dedicated to all the little children, but specifically the older siblings. Hey, little man, get up out of bed and wipe all the sleep from those eyes. I know that it's late, but we just couldn't wait to tell you our big new surprise. Remember that night about three months ago when you walked into mom and dad's room? And then how we talked of the birds and the bees and arousal and climax and wombs. Well, six months from now, you'll be a big brother. That's right, little tiger, it's true. Mommy and Daddy are making a better version of you. Paul and Storm! Finally, it's what we've all been waiting for. Let's bring back our winners to play the Ask Me One More final round from misquoting Mark Twain, Gregory Guidi. From Agrarian Maps, Jonathan Korbla. From Let's Get Randy, Jen Madura. From One or More, Eileen Roos. And from Soft Rock Cafe, John Woods. Art, take us out. Afira, our final game is called 50-50. Contestants, we're going to ask you a series of questions where you have to pick between two choices. For example, yield or stop. Which traffic sign is shaped like a triangle? You'd answer yield. Pretty easy, right? Don't worry, they'll get much harder. We're going to play this spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us the answer. Last person standing is our grand winner. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> yes. Gregory, John Adams or John Quincy Adams? Which president was the son of the other? John Quincy Adams. That is correct. Jonathan, 
Home Depot or Lowe's? Which store's logo is primarily orange? Home Depot. Correct. <laughs> Jen, Fu or Roo? Which one is a friend of Winnie the Pooh? Roo. Roo is correct. <laughs> Eileen, Halloween or Thanksgiving? Which holiday takes place on the same weekday every year? Thanksgiving. Correct. John, Bert or Ernie, which Sesame Street Muppet is yellow? Bert. Correct. Gregory, an oak tree or an apple tree? Which one grows from the larger seed? Apple. No, I'm sorry, you're out. Thank you, Gregory. Jonathan. Matt Damon or Ben Affleck? Who was picked People's Sexiest Man Alive first? Matt Damon. No, I'm sorry, it's Ben Affleck. <laughs> Jen, radius or tibia? Which bone is in your leg? Tibia. Correct. Eileen, Mork and Mindy or Starsky and Hutch? Which of these TV shows was a spin-off of Happy Days? Mork and Mindy. Oh, Mork and Mindy. John, Florida or Pennsylvania? Which state currently has more electoral votes? Florida. Correct. Jen, American Eagle Outfitters or American Apparel? Which clothing retailer was founded by a Canadian? American Eagle. No, I'm sorry, American Apparel. Jen, you're out. Thank you. We're down to Eileen and John. Eileen, Lil Kim or Lil Wayne? Which rapper is taller? Wayne. Lil Wayne is correct. He's 5'5". Five five. Lil Kim is 4'11". John, you need this to stay in the game. Venezuela or Bolivia? Which country is north of the equator? Venezuela. You are correct. Eileen, the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Cincinnati Bengals? Which team's cheerleaders are known as the Roar? Jacksonville. You're right. <laughs> John, Illinois Avenue or Kentucky Avenue? Which square on a standard Monopoly board is more expensive? Illinois. You're right. <laughs> we only have a few more. <laughs> Eileen, Charlotte Bronte or Emily Bronte? Which sister was born first? Charlotte. That's right. John, Billy Wilder or Alfred Hitchcock? Which filmmaker never won an Academy Award for Best Director? Hitchcock. You're right. All right, we're going to have to go to the tiebreaker. You've gone through all our questions. Um, <laughs> Here's your tiebreaker. Alvin, Simon, or Theodore? Which of these animated chipmunks wears glasses? Eileen. Simon. You're right. You win. Big round of applause for John Woods, who came in second. Eileen Roos, you are asking another big winner. Your prize is not only a signed copy of the Gutenberg Bible, we've also given you the start of your Gutenberg film collection. 
Your own copy of Diner, Police Academy, Three Men and a Baby, and Three Men and a Little Lady. Congratulations. Well, that's it for Ask Me Another, but it does not have to end here. You can take us with you everywhere by downloading our podcast, or you can find us in a bunch of games we didn't get to play on Facebook and Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. Ask Me Another's puzzle czar is Art Chung. My name anagrams to Nark Fuck. The men behind the music of Ask Me Another today are Paul and Storm. Modular pants. Additional puzzle writing contributed by John Chinesky, Mark Halpin, James Ramsey, Dan Schofield, and Greg Volk. Our associate producer is Josh Rogeson, with production help from Eleanor Kagan, Charlie Claplin, Ivan Kuryev, and Noriko Okabe. AMA was recorded and mixed by Paul Ruest. Our house sound engineer is David Hurtgen. Our senior supervising producer is Jesse Baker. Our general manager is Portia Robertson Migas. Our executive producer is Eric Newsom. We'd like to thank The Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, our home in Brooklyn, New York, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm her right begonias, Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. This week on Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, we sing clues about famous people with the initials MB. Hey, I'm from New York, was on the OC, I'm in the tabloids, just look for MB. Peter, I don't think Mike Bloomberg was on OC. But... Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on Ask Me Another. Game on. <laughs>